0: The Cienega de Santa Clara, at the western edge of the Sonoran Desert in Mexico, gets less than three inches of rain a year. So, why does it sound like this? Those bird calls you hear are a combination of gulls, coots, killdeer, pelicans, stilts, avocets, terns, cormorants, and several other birds that populate the Cienega. Cienega means marsh in Spanish, and the Cienega de Santa Clara looks like a lot of marshes you may have seen. The cattails form narrow, canoe-width channels between wide areas of open water. The birds are everywhere. To get to the Sienega, though, you have to drive through what my guide called some of the most barren desert you've ever seen. There's something off about the water, too. It's the color of pickle juice. I visited the Cienega at the invitation of the Sonoran Institute that, among other projects, works to restore the Colorado River Delta. Now, you have to understand the enormity of that undertaking. Francisco Zamora, director of the Sonoran Institute's Delta Restoration Program, rolls out a map for me and points just north of the border. So you might hear, is the Colorado River. The river pretty much disappeared just below Morelos Dam. All this is a dry riverbed. The Colorado River has, in effect, not existed in its natural channel south of the border since 1950 when the Morelos Dam was built. Morelos lies on the U.S.-Mexico border just outside Mexicali. Unlike Hoover Glen Canyon, Morelos is a diversion dam. It turns what's left of the Colorado River at a right angle into a canal headed south towards the Mexicali Valley. To understand why there's a wetland in the middle of the desert, you have to know a little bit of Delta history. In 1944, the United States and Mexico formed a treaty allocating the water of the Colorado River. The treaty mandates that the United States must deliver, quote, a guaranteed annual quantity of 1,500,000 acre-feet to the border. An acre-foot is the amount of water it takes to cover an acre of land in one foot of water. It's roughly the amount of water an American household uses in a year. The Mexican allocation is around a tenth of the entire Colorado's flow. The United States gets the rest. On the highway south of Mexicali, it's easy to forget that you're in a desert. As far as you can see, there are fields of vegetables, wheat, cotton. It's California's Central Valley on a smaller scale. It's a relatively recent development, too. Zamora explains. See, what happens in the U.S., if you put water back in the river, you get a credit. But then they were putting this water that was high in salinity and did cause many problems for many years in Mexico. And farmers in Mexico were not happy to the point that they demanded the Mexican government to do something. The Mexican government did do something, and on August 30th, 1973, Minute 242 was signed. A minute is any formal change to an international treaty. There are hundreds of minutes to the treaty, but for this story, you only need to know two. Minute 242 set the maximum acceptable salinity of water crossing the border. Before the minute was signed, the United States had dumped high-salinity agricultural wastewater from farms in southern Arizona into the river to meet its treaty obligations. The water was about a third as salty as seawater. To bring down the salinity, another minute included details for the construction of a bypass canal to take the wastewater south to drain into the Gulf of California. But the canal never made it that far. The canal travels 56 kilometers into Mexico, then stops still about 30 kilometers short of the Sea of Cortez. I asked the director for the Sienega Martin, why? He says, that's the million dollar question. Officially, Minute 242 states that the canal should end at the Santa Clara Slough, but nobody's really sure what that was. It was a place that used to be delta wetlands before the dams and canals were built. There was no farming there because there was no water. And in the Mexicali Valley, where there's no water, there's no life. After the canal began operation, something nobody expected began happening. The local farmers who owned that land realized that the little lake at the Santa Clara Slough was starting to grow and grow and grow. Martín says the goal was never to create a wetland. The canal was just supposed to take the wastewater to the Sea of Cortez. But in just a few years, cattails were growing at the Output Lake, and birds, thousands of them, hundreds of thousands of them, were flocking to the Cienega. Many species that used to use the Colorado River Delta as a migratory stop for winter residents started coming back. Canoeing through the Cienega is like canoeing in the Everglades. Wherever there's water, the marsh grasses wall you off from the desert outside. The birds gather on mudflats just out of the water, or whirl around in tornadoes of feathers and squawking. Mullet and largemouth bass glide through the pea-green water. In 1993, the Mexican government recognized the Cienega de Santa Clara as a core element of a larger biosphere reserve in the Colorado River Delta. That same year, though, an unlikely foe appeared on the horizon. The Yuma Desalinization Plant. In 1993, the United States Bureau of Reclamation, the same department that's responsible for the Glen Canyon Dam, among others, completed the plant. Its purpose was, and still is, to convert southern Arizona's salty agricultural waste into pristine, fresh water water that could be used for farms and factories here in the U.S. That would mean more Colorado River water would be left after meeting the Mexican allocation. Climate change has reduced the flow of the Colorado River, but Mexico gets its 1.5 million acre-feet regardless, so the U.S. is caught trying to do more with less. The wastewater feeding the Cienega, which, don't forget, still belongs to the U.S., could be used for agriculture if it was desalinated. The Yuma plant only operated for a few months before the Bureau of Reclamation realized the costs of desalinization were prohibitive. The plant was taken out of service, but never taken down. You can still see it, in fact, from the top of the Maruelos Dam. I met with Marta Roman. She gives tours of the Cienega, mostly to Mexican and American ecotourists. As we walked to the perimeter of the wetland, she said something that really put the whole issue into perspective. As a native here in this area of the Colorado, the beauty of this place, the importance as the only remnant that we have of the river here in Mexico, because many of us never have seen the river with water, as maybe you have seen every day. So it's difficult for us to think a big river, the biggest river in the West can have water. To the people who know it, the Cienega de Santa Clara isn't just a wetland with lots of wildlife. It is an embodiment of the Colorado River Delta. It's a testament to the past, but also a hope for rebirth. If agricultural runoff can turn a wasteland to a wetland, maybe there is a future for the Colorado River Delta. In the Delta, where life is in every drop of water, every drop becomes political. The Cienega's creation was an accident, but its survival will be anything but. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Colin Smith.